Hey yo, what's up? Day two is come and gone of the gathering of friends. I'm joined again by Jess. Hello. As you can hear, Concrete is starting, or it could just be the fact that it goes from really nice to cold as hell to really nice to cold as hell. Eh, whatever. It happens. I'm a little sick, but I'll be fine. So Saturday uh, started out. Uh, well, today was all games all the all day. Yes. Uh, mostly for me, it was five games. I think you got in one other. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we started out Smartphone Inc. And uh, I forget. Somebody wanted to play it. Who wanted to play it? Um, a lot of people wanted to play it because it's a little hard to find. So the fact we had it there. Yeah, so it was you, me, Dan, Fell, and Bianca. Bianca being Yarun Dowman's significant other, wife, whatever you want to call her. Mm-hmm. Better half. Right. And so the five of us busted out a five-player game of Smartphone Inc. Yes. What do you think of it? Because you enjoy this game more than I do at this point. A little bit. Um, I still think the theme is really interesting and it does grab me, but... As I've said, I think the strategy of going high is hard to beat. But Bianca had a really interesting take on it. She tried to use the tech to really help her maximize the profit of going low. Uh, so going she, low meaning selling mm-hmm. low, right? Setting their prices low and trying to be the uh, the low price leader, if you will, in smartphones. Yes, which of course makes her first to go in all the turns if she's the lowest selling and a little bit behind in points, which she was both of. So she just maximized her production, sold to the black market, which is three anywhere, and really... Um, put every piece out everywhere so that it really messed with us with the tech that allowed for her to put one in every region. And even if she wasn't, uh, she didn't have a business there. She, so. she wasn't present. Right. But yeah. ultimately, you know what won? Uh, going high in yeah. price. Yeah. It's hard to catch up with that. And that's unfortunate, but there is an expansion coming out and maybe that'll address it with some more tech tiles. Maybe that'll help balance out those uh, ways of going about selling smartphones across the world. For me, I like Smartphone Inc. less and less every single time I play it. And the fact that we have yet to, I don't know, how many plays would you say now between us, either individually or together? Uh, Ten. Yeah. Uh, we've yet to find a strategy that can stop somebody who's just pricing high it's true. And you know what? Doesn't matter about turn order because they're able to be able to develop their tech to a level to where eh, I can still sell. And you know what? If I price it eight and you price it four, I don't care if you have twice as many as I do. I still can maintain my lead. And then it's uh, it comes down to majorities, which a lot of the time uh, the whoever is pricing high can can compete with. And it just... I don't know about that. I price high and I do not compete in the majorities. I tend to lose those, but I let them go. Okay, but you still end up winning. And Mm -hmm. and none of us in any any matchup, regardless of who's playing, I've yet to see that that strategy countered. I think you can go moderate. Dan did go kind of moderate in his price. We haven't seen it successful. He won. So Dan did win with... 
a moderate, then went high strategy. Right. So he kind of had a responsive strategy where he priced moderately to make sure he was first in turn order in placement, got some majorities, and then went for the high price and competed at that. And that did work for him. I didn't go for the tactiles early like I usually do, though. So that might have mitigated uh, my point structure that I usually go for in that game. But regardless, you're not wrong. That is definitely leans towards one path to victory. And that feels unfortunate. Now, one thing we haven't tried is everybody goes for a high point Uh or high value strategy. But again, we shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? And it's just like you said, it's disappointing. Yeah, there's a there's an expansion coming. And honestly, it's the only reason we still have a copy of the game is because of that. Yep. But for me, at least, I just don't want an expansion that fixes a game. And this feels like it's in need of a fix. And in the last round, you don't have any use of two of the steps yes. in the game. They're They're completely extraneous. And uh, both legit uh, industry uh, and uh, tech, in, right? Industry and tech. It just okay, and so yeah, it's just it definitely needed another round of development. I feel like the game did, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the expansion. But overall, um, I think I've reached the point now with Smartphone Inc. to where I was. Yeah, if somebody wants to play it, I'll play it. I'm now at the point like, thanks, all. Uh, I'll go watch paint dry. Yeah. I, I, I have zero interest <laughs> in playing this game until the expansion comes out. It will collect dust until then. I hear you. I'm not excited to play it. I'm excited for how excited people are about it. So I'm happy to show people, but it's uh, not I'm happy for favorite. them to borrow the game so they <laughs> yes. can try it. I think that's where I'm at at this point. So after that, uh, I think we got into tiny towns is, well, we, we had to, cr- you know, kind of cram in to fit tiny towns oh right because they're so small small and i'm (laughs) six two and all right anyway it's late and we're tired so bear with us tonight (laughs) so tiny towns um kind of a uh abstract like tetrisy town building adjacency game okay it's so abstract like you have to look at these little Uh, Tetris layout. Yeah, right. So it's a little formula for, you know, you have this resource next to this resource and the next square next to this resource. And it creates an L of resources. And then it magically color. mm -hmm, Well, yes, each resource is a unique resource. And then it magically turns into a building. And so um, fountains, we played with the fountains. There's all different ones for variability, but we played with the fountains. Those are super quick and easy to create and compound scoring being next to each other. So I had a lot of fountains, but not much else going on in my tiny town. And each of these buildings have like some sort of special rule, like fountains score two points apiece if they're adjacent to another fountain. Mm -hmm. And then there are other buildings to where it scores three points if it's adjacent to this type of building, but not adjacent to these types of buildings. And so I'm sure it sounds familiar probably to folks because... It's not identical. I enjoyed it. Let let me preface that. Hmm. I enjoyed my play of this, but it's very much much a spatial game. Yes. Even even though I struggle with those, you killed at it. You completely crushed us, and I 
I could not. It broke my brain terribly, which, of course, means I want to play again because I want to get better at things that I'm terrible at. But and I like to torture myself. But it was really hard for me to get what I wanted. And of course, we didn't do the random card draw for resources, uh, which is one option. But you can also play it where you go around the table with a tiny little hammer and like you you hit the table wrong like a demands. gavel. Oh, wait. No, wrong game. Wrong Not game. wrong. But your tiny town demands brick or a glass or wood. And with that, when you demand, if you will, or, you know, you put down the little hammer, mm-hmm. slam it down. Rome demands brick. Okay, that was me doing that, but whatever. Whenever you do that, that means everybody must lay a brick somewhere in their town. Even if it destroys their plans plans for what they were going to build. And there's not really a way to mitigate that. So eventually, just like in Tetris, you're just blocked out of continuing and fell, got blocked out really early. (laughs) Once all your spaces in your town on your little grid are filled, and you can't form buildings, yeah. then you're out of the game and you're just waiting for everyone else yeah. to finish. Now, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but it, it was an enjoyable experience. Right. I wasn't asking for that time back. The one thing that I will say is, on the one hand, I wouldn't have enjoyed the random draw of the resources. On the other hand, with four or three or four gamers that are gamers uh-huh. right they start looking around the table oh, yeah, and we almost hate drafting mm-hmm. the resource like oh i don't really need a a stone or whatnot however you know what i know you don't need is a stone and that's going to mess up your plan so i can deal with it so yeah drop the hammer stone and now everybody's got to throw out a stone so eh that i don't know the the way that went i was able to basically just focus on my own little town and I don't know if you guys were hate drafting, but for me, I just, what would work for me? Oh, I'm going to call for that when it becomes my turn. And it worked out fine enough. I think it would have a short shelf life, uh, right. but but I enjoyed my play of it, but I can't imagine wanting to play it more than a handful of times. Sure. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it uh, a little bit more, but like I said, I, I wasn't very good at it. I think... Um, for an abstract, it's got the resource building and I liked the Scrooge that you could kind of do to each other player. I'd rather be mad at another player, um, than mad at a deck of cards for, you know, the wrong resource coming up. At least that feels like, uh, the, we are playing the game against each other versus the game game playing us. us, Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, um, that all makes sense. So after that, I took a break uh, for I want I needed to go take care of some stuff. And when I did that, you got a couple of games in. I did. Um, there was a group of folks that had just pulled out Twice as Clever. So uh, by Wolfgang Warsh. Is that the sequel to Gunshot Clever? Yes. To uh, very, clever. very, very, very clever. Very clever. Ooh, hey, right. Became yeah. Twice as Clever. Uh, Which so, I've yet to play either one of these. So you right. tell folks. Yeah. So Twice as Clever. Uh, it. I didn't feel twice as clever uh, i'm used to playing the app at this point which i feel like we we kept talking about makes us lazy because it just automatically gives you everything that you need and that you know so it was actually a little bit hard to go back 
to the board game, which was interesting. Because the app takes care of all everything. of the, the maintenance and mm-hmm. all the, the bookkeeping. Exactly. Aspect. So I knew what everything did, but it, you know, all of a sudden your brain kind of, wait, what do I do? Because it automatically does it in the app. So it was a weird thing of familiarity and yet unfamiliarity at the same time. Uh, but we brushed up on it and all gave it a go. And I've played that app uh, not the twice as clever, but the base one a fair bit. So there's a little bit of an unfair advantage there of like just knowing where to go and what to do with it. But the twice as clever does bring some different elements to it that are fun. And uh, I did enjoy uh, playing it with the people that we were there with. So it was good. It was a good time. And then I played uh, Reza Arcana. Which I got to be honest, at least early on. It seems like the next two games that we're going to talk about seem to be the most played games so far mm-hmm. of the entire gathering. Right. Res Arcana being one of them and, yes. and Tom Lehman got to meet him for the yes. first time. So that was pretty cool. I actually asked him, so is it Tom Lehman or Tom Lehman? And he said, I don't know. Yes. His and family lo- says both. So. Right. And I looked at him like. Are you messing with me? Right. Or, no, no. His family is split. So, okay. Both are acceptable, apparently. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, Res Arcana, um, you played it first. And I then did. played it. When I came back, we played it again together. Yeah. we. So, the first play of it, um, I played with some friends that, uh, as they were reading the rule book, so we, we learned right from the rule book, and they were like, oh, there's a suggested setup. Nah, we won't do that. We're just going to go rogue and go with random and we'll see what happens. That was probably not the best plan um, to do that. But uh, so our experience was a little bit harsh uh, because just of what came out and what we had available to us for different things that we could. I mean, you're going for 10 points as fast as you can. And so randomly having uh, different added powers and monuments and stuff available to get. Uh, wasn't the best. So it's it's to give folks a little bit of context because as soon as you sure. guys finish that game, I actually came back and then like, oh yeah, hey, why don't we play another game of Res Arcana? Yes. And so this was my first play of it. It's a fantasy theme sort of deck builder, but it's mm-hmm. a race game in a sense, like you said, that it's a race to 10 points. It is. And everybody starts with a hand of seven or eight cards. I forget which it is. Six to eight, somewhere in there, ten. Anyway, a small okay. a small sampling of hands yes. of the starter cards, and these are randomly assigned to players. There is a draft available, yes. I, I learned, which I think after a couple plays, I'm, you would want to draft these. Uh, but you're, you're, some have, they all have like a casting cost to, right. to put into play or whatnot, or some have zero value, whatever. And it's all about gaining resources, converting yes. resources, turning these resources into, oh, surprise, points. Right. But there's also tableau cards that you, or tiles, actually, yes. that you can acquire that have some amount of victory points on them, but also allow for cool little combos. More and- engine building. Exactly. So you enhance your engine building through your, I believe it's nine cards that you're dealt randomly. And then uh, random tiles that are out that increase those powers and let you store points. And But again, it, all of this takes work using the elements. Uh, 
Plus, you get these awesome little benefit tiles, uh, but you can't have the same one in subsequent rounds, and you take them to pass. Kind of like uh, Terra Mystica or whatever, to where you get yes. a tile, and you know it gives you some sort of benefit that round, and then when you pass, yep. you have to give that tile back and choose one of the others uh, that are available. And if someone else has passed before you, or if somebody has a tile that you really, really want for that turn... You have to be able to stall. And Which is it, a really clever mechanism because right. then you might stall trying to wait for them to go out so that you can pass and get that. But there's also dragons and these dragons can be used to attack the other players. And so either they have to hold resources or healer type uh, powers to prevent the dragons from getting things from them or they need to pass early before you utilize your dragon. And if you're the first to pass, you get an extra one victory point and victory points are only checked and there are a couple of exceptions here or there. But for the most part, they're only checked at the end of the round. So if you're the first to pass, you get one extra victory point, but it's a fleeting victory point because, well, next round, if you're not the first one to pass, you right. lose that one. So it's a race to 10, but 10 doesn't trigger the game. It only triggers the game when victory points are checked. So it's possible somebody has 13, you have 10, and you end up losing. We didn't see that a whole lot, no. but it is theoretically at least possible to do that. And I got to say, the theme really didn't grab me per se uh, here in my first play of the game. But the mechanisms were pretty cool, and I enjoyed it. Plus, I mean, I'm kind of predisposed to want to like the game because of the name that's on the box, which is Tom Lehman. So mm -hmm. so what did you think, though, especially with the second play as opposed to the first one not going so well? Right. So we knew to use the suggested setup for the second play. And really the reason for that is it's already a random draw. We weren't doing the drafting mechanism. So we have a random deck of cards. And having that suggested setup for your as you're getting used to the game, as you're learning it, gives you enough to play off of that even if your draw isn't super cohesive, there's enough to do. There's synergies mm -hmm. there, There's right? synergies yeah. that you can make. Uh, so that was super helpful in the second play. I realized in multiple plays of the game uh, that I'm not really good at it because I get really bogged down in creating these awesome engines that are really intricate and great and super protected against the dragons. And I've done a great job creating that, but there's not enough time. It's a race yes. game, Jess. It's, it's <laughs> 10 points. And, but uh, I'm so excited because I get, I and I refuse to burn cards for elements because this card does powerful, magical things. Oh, uh, dude, I have learned mm. the joy of one I of know. the actions. So every time it becomes your turn, you can take like one of... I don't know, six or seven different actions, actions. Yeah. one of which is when you say burning a card, you're not getting rid of it. You're just discarding it to where it can come back into your deck. No, no, no. Were you playing that way? Yeah. No, you can't bring it back from discard unless you have a special card that allows you to bring it from discard. No, when when your draw deck empties, you can it, you shuffle your discard deck and it comes back into play. Oh, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> That might explain 
The well, there you go. So there's a first and a half play or so or what. This is what happens when somebody teaches you a game late, late, late at night, and you don't look at the rules. No, I was um because I had a card that allowed me to bring something back from discard. So I assumed, oh, you place it in discard and it's burned. Oh like no, it's no. So I I was playing cards to my discard to be able Lucky to get you. a couple of elements to be able to. Now I didn't win. I think I scored like four points, but right. at least I had a cool engine going as well. I so. waited to be able to produce all of the elements I needed, which I did wonderfully and magically. And I had so many elements. And it was funny because I think at one point you looked at me and you're like, oh, you're going to kill us. You have so many. And I'm like, I have not created points. I have created <laughs> elements. So yeah, I, overall, I would say uh, enjoyed it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to trying this one again. Yep. I need to learn how to streamline. Which brings us to the next game. And this has been uh, super popular all over the hobby. It seems the the it's got the hobby world a buzz, and it's popular here at the gathering. And that is Wingspan, right? It's really pretty, and it's produced really really well. Yes, and mechanically not hard. It's nope. a it's a pretty simple engine builder to where if you're listening to this, you can play it no problem. Mm-hmm. It how do I how do I say this? We are not the target audience for this game. No, absolutely the, not. But the theme is unique. Yes. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's an enjoyable way to spend time. Yes. And I think it will do wonders for bringing folks into the hobby that yes. wouldn't otherwise. I mean, but- there's four actions you can take and ways to make those actions better. By collecting birds. Right. It's very and nice. You have end game scoring cards mm-hmm. and, you know, this and that. Overall, it's fine. Yep. It's, it's, it works. It, yeah. it, mechan- it, I enjoyed my experience playing Wingspan. Yes. However, the two issues that I had with the game were first and foremost, towards the end of the game, was the issue that you ran into, like... Oh, nothing to do but grab points. Yeah, I wanted to do some magical things and play some more birds, but... And by magical, you don't mean literal, but no. like, hey, this is a cool action. Fun like, I want to be able do, to a great chain experience. all these awesome things. And I could have, but the points it would have garnered me were paled in comparison to just getting points for laying eggs. Right. So last couple actions, I'm going to... Lay eggs. Mm-hmm. What does lay eggs consist of? Taking eggs and setting those on your cards. Right. You just take the action, use your action cube to note that you've laid eggs. So that wasn't super fun. And I really, really looked for points elsewhere to do something more intricate. But that by far was the greatest way to go. So I think my favorite mechanism in the game is the uh, getting food action. Depending on how big your tableau is in, I believe it's one of three different uh, uh, like areas, like the forest, for instance, yes. uh, dictates how much food you get. And yep, forest, what, prairie, and wetlands. Right. And whatever food is available in the barnyard, which is, I think it's a series of five dice. And these dice are rolled and mm-hmm. they have different types of food that are available for the birds to eat. So whatever is in that is has not been chosen yet is available and you only have the choice of what 
So if somebody has chosen two of the dice and there are three left, whatever the faces are on those three dice are what you have available. However, if they all have the same face, meaning they're all worms or they're all mice or whatever it is, you then immediately have to re-roll all the dice, those chosen as well as those unchosen. And now, hey, you have a new selection. That includes if you have a single die left, well, obviously, a single die only has one face facing right. up, so you just re-roll all five dice. So whenever you re-roll, you re-roll all the dice. And I like that mechanism to where it's a forced diversity, to where if you are able to select two different types of food and there are two different types between three dice, where you take the one solo, the ones like the berries or the mice or whatever, and oh, all of a sudden there's only one type of food left. Oh, now I get to re-roll all my all the dice immediately, and now I get a choice of all of the food that are that it gets re-rolled, right. even though I can only choose one of them. That was my favorite mechanism, and I gotta say, truly, the production quality on this game and the artwork is gorgeous. Yeah. And the research on it, it all has like all this information about where these different birds reside. So supposedly that's all accurate, though I wouldn't have any way of verifying that. Right. But it and was like, very interesting. And literally to see. like the dimensions on their wingspan. And yes. So it was it was interesting. And there's a birdhouse to roll those dice in. So sure. But overall, um it's fine. Yeah. Uh does it deserve the hype or what? I think again Keeping in mind that we are not the target audience, the target audience for this game would be your your uh, entry level gamer or your uh, casual gamer that right. wants to get into a a, a really enjoys building. theme and right. just wants a simple uh, card play kind of tableau builder. That's that's works well in this game. And I mean, I have plans to play it with my nephew and he loves birds and he likes lighter games. So I think it's going to be great to play with them and kind of introduce this type 100%. of hundred percent. Well. It's it's yeah, I, I think there's there's enough there. But at the same time, I worry about how the end of the game, how whether or not that's going to become the the default. Yeah. Legs because that's the thing that's going to garner you the I mean most and points. again we haven't played it a super amount I mean, so that once, was so that we'll experience yeah. that's what we'd heard and seen happen in a couple other games that were being played but yeah yeah we'll see tell. so there you go that's wingspan and then the after that we went to dinner with uh with Dan and Fell Fell yes. being uh, one of the developers for Simon yes. that, that comes to the gathering. Mm-hmm. And Dan being one of the local gamers here in the Boston area. I say here, but you know what I mean. Yeah. We went to a place called Savor, which is put on all the chefs. Well, hmm, all the cooks. There are culinary Institute students. Yes. So, yeah, okay, cool. And turns so out. So are the servers. They're all going to school for culinary arts. So And, and. Really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, everybody there is pretty young. Yes. Uh, so you could tell that they were pretty nervous and, and they would, you know, oh, hey, I forgot about this type stuff. But it, w- it was a really enjoyable so experience. So my favorite part of that restaurant is uh, last year, uh, there were a lot of broken plates pretty much constantly. You would just hear things falling and breaking. And when we were there tonight, I kept hearing things falling and br- you know, sounding, clattering, whatever. And what I noticed was when they brought out my coffee, because of course coffee, um, it was in a metal saucer and metal cup. And I was like, oh, they had to go 
full on metal. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, enjoyed the meal. Uh, wasn't the best meal that we've had thus far, but have enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. All right. Moving on. The last game that we played for the night when we got back was and I don't know how you say it. is it Hadara 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 yeah. okay and this is coming out I believe from Z Man but it's a, there's a partnership between them it was and, originally through Hansam Gluck and it's coming here through Z Man and saw a bunch of people playing this game as well because there were a bunch of copies of it there at the uh, downstairs and heard really good things yes. about this game and so mm-hmm. we were like all right so here it is. 11 o'clock at night and we're I'm busting out the rule book to learn from the rule book in the middle of a convention room. My favorite ever thing to do. But it was super simple. It really is. The rules are pretty straightforward. Yes. To where it's a a uh, tableau builder drafting game. Mm-hmm. And it's all about balancing. There's a theme to where you're building a sit. Yeah, no. There's- I don't understand the civ building aspect of it, but... It was really clever how you're drafting those cards. Yeah, you're drafting to where every uh, at the beginning of the round, you draft two cards from a certain stack. And there are, I think, five different stacks. Yes. And you draw two cards. You're going to discard one into a discard pile for the second half of the round. And the other one you're either going to buy or you're going to sell it. The sell, depending on what round it is, of three rounds, I believe it was. three rounds. It's worth a set amount, so if you sell it, it might be worth two bucks or whatever. Two, four, or five, I think, yeah. And then if you choose to buy it, it's whatever the face price is. And then it has various technologies that you're going to be moving up your tracks, just basically bumping up various, like a gold track or... uh, Yep, there's the money track track and then the other elements, yeah. However, the thing about it is... It encourage uh, on the one hand, it encourages you to diversify between yes. all the five different color cards, and on the other hand, it encourages you to specialize specialize to be able to get discounts on these cards. So, if you have say two gold cards already, yes, every subsequent gold card is going to cost less the the amount of gold cards that you have. So, if you had two and a card cost five. Now you only pay three. So you get that. that. So now on the fourth card of a gold card, now you pay three less, so on and so forth. And so it's really easy to go into a specialization kind of strategy. However, diversifying also has its points. Right. Because you can also purchase medals, whether they're gold medals or silver medals. And the gold medals award um, points for that diversification, seven points for each set of five and you can get a lot of sets of five i think i got four complete sets i was going for five and i got two gold medals which is the max you can get so that means 14 points per set of five and then there's the silver medals that helps mitigate that a little bit because that is giving you an award for half of your amount of one type So say you have 30 in gold income, then you would get 15 if you choose to score for gold in your silver medal. 
And you can choose between, I think it's the four different types plus victory points mm-hmm. uh, for what it is. And it the second half of the round, after you go through, you get your income and everyone's drafted all these cards. Half the cards are removed from the game because they were either bought or sold. Mm-hmm. So they're if they're bought, they're in their tableaus. And if they're sold, they're out of the game. The other half were discarded. So the second half of the game is... Now you're not drafting two cards. Now you look around at the five discard piles and you have access to any one of the five face up cards to, again, either buy or sell it. Which is super interesting to me because your money, if it only played the first way that it drafts, just going around in a circle, then your money would really dictate what you're doing. Right. Because it's hard to, all these cards are good. It's hard to pass them by. So then it's just where it started and how much money you have, right? But when you're drafting the way you do in the second part of each era, um, then you really have your choice. So you can look at your tableau and say, okay, I really need more of this, or I don't have more money for this, so I'll get a purple because I already have five of those and it'll be cheaper. So you can really make those choices in that second round unless the person going before you takes what you want, which is frustrating. And then you cuss the hell out yeah. of them and say bad things about their parents. Or and they take that well card played. and the next card is even better and you laugh in their face. Right. So there's that. <laughs> so ultimately, um, I would have to say out of everything that we played today, for me, I would say that Hadara and Rez Arcana are the two games that I enjoyed the most. Yeah. And then it would be uh, probably Wingspan or Tiny Towns would be up there. And then Smartphone Inc. would be at the at the bottom of the list at this point. I don't think I vary from that very far. That's that's pretty accurate. OK, cool. So there you go. So Smartphone Inc., Tiny Towns, Res Arcana, Wingspan and Hadara. Mm-hmm. There you go. That was that was our day. Uh, day two. So that is Saturday. At the Gathering of Friends. That is true. And yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. That gonna, I think tomorrow is going to be a later day because we have some other stuff going on and we have a meeting here or there. Yeah, uh, there's meetings and games that are prototyped. So, yep. So tomorrow might be a lighter day to, to Things talk we about can discuss exactly <laughs> however i think uh, monday and tuesday are going to be uh going to be a big day so looking forward to bringing those to y'all if everything plays out but yes. again we'll see how things go so there you go yep so day two to uh saturday in the books gathering of friends catch y'all tomorrow bye night y'all <laughs>